Hello and welcome to The Plants We Eat. Oh, I'm so excited about this today. <laughs> my, my name is uh, Jeff Gilman. And I'm Cindy Proctor. And today we're going to be talking about pollen. And my goodness, have we got a great story for you. About hollies in general? About hollies. Well, no. About well, I can't wait to hear your story, okay. but I will say my story with hollies are that we use them a good bit ornamentally in yeah. the South. My let's, start, let's start off by talking about um, hollies in general. So okay. Start off by saying that most people don't um, eat hollies. No. Uh, the fruits of holly, uh, generally speaking, are toxic. Now, we're right. not ta- talking grave toxic. Uh, you guys know me. I've I looked as hard as I could for you know any major toxicity or deaths or anything. I couldn't find anything where anybody got beyond going to the hospital because of you know severe um, vomiting. Right. Uh, and that's what the fruits will do. Right. So do, don't eat the fruits. The poisons in them are called it's a saponin. It's actually kind of soap, basically. Okay. Um, Nasty to eat. Do not eat the fruits of holly. And birds will eat the fruits. Yeah, and it's the great birds. for birds. And they and they're very you know holly is for us here in the south. And they and they we are we we do saturate our landscapes with hollies. Don't let me don't let we me do. We do. Well, they're they're all different sizes. They're they're fifty feet tall to three feet tall, or, or they're four hundred to five hundred species. Oh well, there you go. All over the world, right? And well, but we use our fair share here in the south, and. And very rightfully so, they're very hardy. They uh, they're evergreen, and most of them produce red berries, well, you which say is desirable. Evergreen. Well, not all of them, but most of them are. Many of them. Okay. I'm sorry. Like I'm, you're the I'm little being... brother I've always had. So, <laughs> so the the but they they have berries on them, which is nice, you know, in the fall and winter time, especially around the holidays. But the one you want to talk about in particular. Ilex vomitoria, or the Yopon holly, and I bring a, I say the scientific name for a very good reason, so forgive me, Jeff. You bring up the, the name for a very good reason. We're not, so what I'm doing right now, just uh, you're probably looking at me across this table and you're saying, what are you doing? I brought a thermos of very, very hot water, and uh, in this hot water, I have placed um, little what do they call these little tea things with the holes oh, in them? Oh, yeah. A tea maker thing? Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Well, it's a tea maker thing, and it's full. A strainer? Of, a strainer. Okay. It, you know, it's not actually called a strainer, but. It's, there, okay. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a special name for it, and I'm a little embarrassed. I can't think of it, but. Yeah, me too. Anyway, so this strainer is full of Ilex vomitoria leaves. Now, you You're not going to make me vomit? Do you want to vomit? No. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> So, Ilex vomitoria. It's very scary sounding. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got, as I mentioned, all kinds of Ilex, all kinds of hollies mm-hmm. across across the United States. There's um, American holly, which is uh, an evergreen, has these round, sharp, pointy leaves, which I, I, I find very attractive. They're, it's a beautiful native tree. There's inkberry. Um, inkberry actually has a deep, deep purple berry, which... Uh, can be used as a as a natural dye for a very. But the leaves are very small, very boxwood like. In fact, the yeah. two get confused. But it, it's a beautiful little shrub. But if you have hollies around your uh, house, it's a good bet that you actually, at least in the southeastern United States, do have Ilex vomitoria. Now, Ilex vomitoria um, today is used almost exclusively 
as an ornamental shrub, but it is used quite a bit as an ornamental shrub, mm -hmm. as, as Cindy was pointing out. But it's a little this, unique in how it looks. It has gray stems, which can is nice contrast with uh, the green leaves, and you can prune it heavily. And there's even weeping forms and small, you know, shrub type forms to used. And so anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I want. I want to point out that this is a shrub that is used extensively ornamentally, mm -hmm. and it looks great. And I strongly encourage you to do that. Um, but again, with the name Alex Vomitori, you might think, well, this will make me sick. If you eat the berries, they will make you sick. Right now, of course, as I've told you, I'm making a tea. This tea, once upon a time, used to be used for something called, depending on whether you were Native American or um, European, either a white drink or the black drink. Um, had, by the way, uh, you know, you may think that that had something to do with, with culture, but it, it didn't. It was because of what the drink looks like. Okay. Now, this was used, this drink was used in a ritual which would cause vomiting. Okay. Right. By Native Americans, correct? It's used, mm -hmm. used by Native Americans, and in fact, they would have this whole ritual where they would actually uh, fast for a certain amount of time, then they would drink an incredible amount of Ilex vomitoria, and it would make them vomit. Now, it was for male only and for yeah. purification right. uh, and unity rituals. Yes, yeah. but they would also drink it as a daily drink. Yes, so for the well, caffeine. For the caffeine. Yeah. This, is, this is the North American source that has the highest quantity of caffeine. I have been drinking this stuff for the past few weeks now. And, and you're a coffee connoisseur. I'm a coffee guy. And I've got to tell you that in terms of caffeine, I'd say this stuff is supercharged. Wow. I mean, this stuff really has a lot of caffeine. So wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let's just hold on. So I could go out to any yard in, in the American landscape, m mostly in the south, pick a few leaves, seep them in, yeah, in, uh, hot, in water. hot water. By the way, that's a seeper. Okay, thank you. It's a seeper. Or that doesn't sound right either, does it? Anyway, it's a, and seep them in water and have seasons, a cup of coffee. Seasons don't fear the seeper. <laughs> nor, that, nor do the wind and the moon and the rain. This isn't a, a song. <laughs> so yeah, you can you could take this. You dry the. So what I've been doing there there is a way that you're supposed to manage this. But I've simply been taking the leaves. I've been drying them out for about, um, I'd say, 10 minutes at about 300 degrees till they're crispy. And I just mash them up and here they are. Hand it over. I want to I drink. You can't have it yet. Because first, look, I've been thinking about this for like weeks now. Okay. And the first thing that we're going to try is yerba mate. Do you know what yerba mate is? <laughs> no. Did Sounds like beer and latte in the same thing. Did you notice that I said that the North American source uh, of caffeine was Ilex vomitoria? Yes. Ilex being the hollies. Mm -hmm. The South American source of caffeine is also Ilex. But it's a different one. But it's a different one. Very, very closely related. Mm -hmm. Yerba mate, which has become an extremely popular drink throughout the United States, is the more common source of caffeine. Josh, 
Come here, give this a shot, see what you think. So this is your South American, this is your South American holly leaf drink. So have you had this before? No, never. That's nauseating. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, but I'd rather I have my drink that on a dare. cup of coffee <laughs> on a dare. <laughs> Actually, I'd take that. It's not bad. But this is this is nothing I would pick out. All what right, do you now, think, Josh? It kind of reminds me of like a bad green tea. Oh yeah, that's pro- that's a good uh, analogy. Okay, so I've or comparison. I've now brewed up a little bit of this. I've brewed a little bit lighter than I do. I I, w- I would like you to note that the color is almost exactly the same as the yerba mate. Uh, yerba mate, by the way, is spelled Y E R B A M A T E. What do you think? I feel like I, I, I'm drinking a shrub water. <laughs> Do you really? Yes. <laughs> I feel like you're drinking shrub water. <laughs> you soaked a shrub in water. <laughs> That's delicious. That's just like tea. You don't think that tastes like tea? No, like shrub water. <laughs> I'm laugh. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> All right, so here's 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 something. All right, so Josh, what do you think? It's 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 very tea like. Very tea like. Josh wins, Cindy loses. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so here here you go. All right, so first of all, have you heard of Alicia Wainwright? No. Okay. Alicia Wainwright is a semi-famous actress. She's actually been seen with Justin Timberlake. She is on the uh, Netflix series Raising Dion. Okay. And Cindy's like, who cares? <laughs> Let me tell you why this matters. Okay. Back in 2014, she published a, uh, an article along with Francis Putz out of Florida comparing people's preference for yerba mate to Ilex vomitoria. And what she discovered was that people actually preferred Ilex vomitoria to yerba mate. Okay, I, I, would, I would drink the Ilex vomitoria tea more so than that stuff you brought. Well, I brought both. Well, in the can. Anyway, so I consider this, I'm not going to call it amazing, but I like it, and the caffeine kick is really good. Um, Josh, you would... If somebody poured you some tea and you would drink that, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Okay, there you go. Just wait till the caffeine kicks in. <laughs> All right. So here's the here's the thing. There's a theory. Okay. And this the theory goes that um the uh the guy who named Ilex Vomitoria gave it the scientific name, William Ayton. The theory goes that William Ayton was actually bought out by the East India Company. You know the East India Company? Yes. They were the big tea traders. Yes. And they found out that this stuff, this Ilex Vomitoria, gave you a tea that had more kick and a flavor that was as good as tea. And they felt threatened by that. So they made Ilex Vomitoria less attractive by giving it the name Ilex Vomitoria. Oh. Because, you know, it, years ago, it, this plant was taught that if ingested, you would vomit. Yeah, so I know. So it was dangerous for 
pets and that's humans always, and that's what I always thought the case was. Yes, but that's not it. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. So isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I think you know I'm I'm all into the conspiracy theories and such, and mm-hmm. yeah, I totally think that this guy was trying to um, do the East India okay. Company, and I just wonder how much money um, he made, and I wonder where that money is now. So, <laughs> so um, well, the power of suggestion. And 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 name I mean it named the plant, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, yeah, it it worked. It did. It did. And you know something? You know something interesting? In this paper in Economic Botany that Alicia Rainwright wrote, um, she actually pointed out that um, first of all, um, people thought that they wouldn't like it. She did point that out. But she actually pointed out that. Um, when people found out its scientific name, it made them want to drink it less. It actually did have uh, a measurable effect on whether mm-hmm. people would drink it or not because they found the name to uh, detract from the overall experience. I, on the other hand, think that the name is a definite plus because it is a story. And, you know, you got to love stories. You got to love a story. And we're all about telling stories. That's right. So, um, Easy to grow shrub for the southeast. Uh, all of your hollies are great. It, but loves, I say- it loves marsh conditions, mm-hmm. and it, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. But uh, I want I want to mention before we we left this uh, this plant is if you're if we if you're creating a garden for wildlife, this attracts quite a few different birds. Uh, the ruffled uh, grouse, the American black duck. The quail, turkey, sapsuckers, uh, eastern bluebird, one of my favorites, robin, uh, mockingbird, white-throated sparrow. I mean, it's just wow. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's a it has a, if in, that's a trend now. Understandably, is to Do uh, in invite there. wildlife into into the garden. Absolutely, and it even the the um, mammals eat the fruit, not just the uh, birds and. Uh, the black bear, which I don't know if I want to invite in my yard, but gray fox, another one, but raccoon skunks, not another <laughs> one I want. But the foliage and twigs um, are browsed by white-tailed deer, and so you know people want deer in in their gardens. They feed them. And uh, you know, I have a little bit more on another topic, but before we leave this, I, I have something to add too, and it's a little bit of a quote from a paper that I read. Um, so I'll begin the quote here. The Indians sometimes used it as an emetic. On these occasions, they would drink it in large quantities, and in a quarter to half an hour, they would vomit. Sometimes they would hold their arms across their chests and expel the contents of their stomachs six to eight feet. Oh. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you just, I, and you just I got start. nothing. <laughs> And on that note, so I don't know if you noticed this the other week, but I, when I saw this, I, 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 well, you know me. Have you heard of auto brewery syndrome? Syndrome? Yes. No. A few weeks ago, there was a guy who um, had this problem that was diagnosed, which was newsworthy. It was in the news, you know, circulated through the regular sources for a few days, then kind of disappeared. But I looked into it a little more deeply. This gentleman... Uh, actually had essentially a brewery in his stomach. <laughs> there was brewer's yeast growing in his stomach, oh. and whenever he ate carbohydrates, 
the carbohydrates would be broken down into alcohol because, of course, to make alcohol, it has to be a, an area without oxygen. Well, your stomach has no oxygen. And if you don't have the ability to kill yeast in your stomach, which most of us do, but this guy didn't, um, the yeast will actually brew the carbohydrates, the sugars in your stomach, into alcohol. So this guy would actually get pulled over by the cops because he was driving erratically because he was essentially constantly drunk and would test positive for alcohol despite the fact that he had had no alcohol. Um, this is called auto-brewery syndrome. I've heard of it. Yeah. I, you might, I never heard it called that, but I've, I've You've heard, heard of something like it. Mm -hmm. So when I heard about this, I thought this must be really rare. And in fact, it's certainly not common, but it's actually been around for a long time. The first recorded cases were in 1948. There were a few um, cases first discovered in Japan, and then they found them all around the world. This is a common enough syndrome that they actually have um, they actually have a whole series of tests that they do if they suspect autoimmune system um, syndrome. And it has to do with eating a certain amount of sugar and seeing how your blood alcohol content goes up and down. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you have to be without alcohol for about 24 hours, and then they give you some sugar and they see how your blood alcohol comes up and down. It's... Um, there's actually some very sad stories. There was actually one story about a 13-year-old girl who had this, and it was just heartbreaking how this 13-year-old girl was actually, because of this condition, uh, constantly inebriated. Very sad. Um, the, um, the biggest problem with this, of course, is that it usually takes years to be diagnosed, and a person can literally be... Um, be incarcerated for drunken driving uh, without ever taking a drink, and this can happen to some people multiple times um, before it's actually before it's actually discovered. So that's my thought for the day. Thought you might enjoy that one. <laughs> I'm thinking that you probably wouldn't mind that syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm just I'm just not even gonna I'm just not even gonna touch that. <laughs> well. Thank you for listening. This has been Plants We Eat. It's been a production of the UNC Charlotte Botanical Gardens along with the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences and the Isle Group. We look forward to talking to you again soon. If you want to reach us, we have a brand new email, and that is tpwepodcast at uncc.edu. Again, that's T-P-W-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at U-N-C-C -C dot E-D-U. We would love to hear from you and get some more of your fantastic suggestions. Thanks. <laughs>